Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. I want to start introing my podcast uh, a little bit differently because I feel like I just sort of like jump into things and uh, with most things in my life. And uh, I think that uh, maybe I'm just like, you know, if you're a first time listener, you should maybe know what this podcast is about. So my name is Rachel Bryan. I'm a comedian. Um, I often interview uh, other comedian friends or uh you know, my uh, Vanderpump friends or just people I'm really inspired by. And uh, that's what this, this that's what this is about. Uh, and one of my favorite parts of having a podcast is sharing my life with you guys. But I also love introducing you to people who have really interesting stories, but, you know, you might not know them from the headlines. And my buddy, J. Chris Newberg, is one of those people. You may not know his name yet, uh, but he has had some incredible successes that I'm so proud of for him. Uh He's done stand-up on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, he's done stand-up on The Tonight Show. He's written for some major, major shows. And uh, he has a really, really incredible career, and he's worked really hard. And, um, you know, he's definitely had his struggles. But whether you're in L.A. or you want to be an actor, writer, comedian or not, Chris's journey is super relatable and really inspiring. So without further ado, I'm really excited to introduce him. My guest today is a very good friend of mine. He's a writer, a comedian, an actor, He's appeared on uh, shows like Comics Unleashed, Arsenio Hall Show, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, America's Got Talent, just to name a few. And he's written for game shows Idiot Test, Separation Anxiety, and Deal With It. He also has a podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts called Great Big Lie. And he's just a wonderful, funny dude. Thank you for being here, Chris Newberg. Hey, that's me. Did we drop the J? Uh, it used to be J. Chris Newberg. It still is on stage. Okay. So but you're J. Chris Newberg? J. Chris see. Newberg, but to you... I'm just Chris. Okay. But just so my listeners know, if yeah. they want to find you, could be J. Chris Newberg, yeah, it's the J. Chris, J. or Chris, Chris. Newberg, Ollie's. Because you're jazzy. I'm jazzy. Why? Is your original name like Jason? James. James Chris Newberg. Uh-huh. And why did we feel like J. Chris was a better stage name? Uh, it started uh, when I was working at a law firm and I have a really low voice, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like sort of like monotony. And uh, I would always answer the phone at the law firm and like, thank you for calling Hyman Lippet. This is Chris. And then mm-hmm. they'd be With like, that what? much energy, huh? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and uh, it was right around the H. Ross Perot era. Uh-huh. And I got excited because H. Period Ross was pretty cool. And I was like, hey, I could be J. Chris. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And I didn't realize that people would look at it and get nervous and go, is it J. Chris or is it Chris? Or Yeah. It makes me... Well, it does. It makes him nervous. I mean, when I just knew you was Jay Chris, I was like, oh yeah, Jay Chris Newberg. But then I thought, Jacqueline told me at one point you just wanted to be called Chris Newberg. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I respond to both. It doesn't matter. You're like Prince. Like, it's a very, it's like, you're basically a symbol. I'm like Prince, but alive. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Much taller. Also a musician. Also, though. also. White. Yeah. 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 There's that too. He is that too. <laughs> were you trying to be a comedian when you were working in the law office? I was in a band. I was in a band for a very long time. Okay. I don't actually don't know your the whole trajectory of your career. I'm very curious. I love hearing about how people end up doing what they do. Like how, it's, how it landed in stand-up? Mm-hmm. So, 1987. I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. 87. How old were you? You are so much older than I thought. I know. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. You look very young. I know. It's crazy. I'd have been like, Chris is 35. I moved here when I was 34. Yeah, I was born around the time you were a junior in high school. Really? <laughs> anyway, so, so 87, in 87, um, I fell in love with me. I was in love with music. Uh, I started a band. and We were terrible, but we had so much fun. And then I was in a, a bunch of different bands. And when I graduated high school, I chose, uh, instead of 
taking a theater scholarship mm-hmm. to Loyola of Chicago, I chose to do music instead. I also got a scholarship to Up With People. Those people that tour all over the place, they're called Up With People. They tour all over the world and do shows, and they're like, Up, Up With People. They do the Super Bowl halftime I'm show. okay the, f- the fact that you missed out on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really into yeah. like joyous musicals like that. Yeah, it was kind of fun. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I blew off both of that, and I was like, I'm going to live in a van and drive all over the country with my friends. And I started a new band, and for like, I don't know, 10 years, it was, it was the most amazing, fun time of life. life. We just... Uh, we did it and we toured everywhere and we got some great opportunities and we performed with some great people. <clears throat> and I said, if I turn 30 and I'm up north in Michigan playing covers, mm-hmm. I'm out. And I was 30 and we were in Traverse City at some small bar and I looked down at the set list and I saw American Girl. And I was like... Not a bad song. I know, but I was like, I'm out. Yeah. And I was like, I quit. And I, I literally, I gave him a month. I said, I'll give you guys a month to find another guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I was the main songwriter and creator of the band. I wasn't the singer. Man, I'd love to hear you play music that's not like comedy music. I'll, I'll send you some over. All right. And uh, uh, so uh, I, have four, I have four records online. I don't know if you know that. Just of, I want to hear them. You know yeah. I'm obsessed with rock music. Well, yeah, I have four, I have four records. Um, uh, on iTunes, you can get them right now. And I have a new one coming out. I have my fourth really? record. Oh, actually, my fifth record is coming out. Uh, live and it's actually called Live uh-huh. exclamation mark and Let Die D Y E. Very and good. It's boy, at a, and live and the let cover die. is at a hair salon. Cool. It's a girl getting her hair dyed. Live, live, and let die. Why? What does that mean? It's a pun. Oh, all I know. Of, I get all of my records and titles have been puns. Oh, but what's with the girl getting her hair dyed? Die D Y E. Oh, D Y E. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yep, and so. Uh, then I, I quit and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then mm-hmm. I started Second City. I did Second City for a couple of years and I was like, this is much easier. Did you like Second City? Uh, I did. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. It I was, did the whole thing too. Yeah. I was not great at it, but I mean, I'm sure it was better than I thought, but it was hard, I think, to start stand up and then do Second City. But I've seen you on stage. You can, your composure is dynamite because of your improv training. Like you're ready for whatever. Mm. When we did that show in front of the water. Oh, in the ocean. That's not because of my improv training, though. Well, because I because I thought that doing stand up. Well, maybe like the improv training helped, but I think stand up hurt me as an improviser because when you do stand up first, I think it's like stand up's a medium of being like cool and like telling your jokes. That's kind of not what you know improvising is. You're supposed to like yes and your partner. And I would just think of like the funny joke that would shut them down. I'm like, don't do that, Rachel. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, I I got in trouble for that a lot too. They're like, "You're stop stealing the scene, stop ending the scene." But it's fun. Yeah. Do you not hear all those people laughing? <laughs> yeah. That's What's your what goal the, here? My goal is to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, continue. So uh, you did that. I did that, and then um, I just started stand up. And my friend Martin Butler, who's a comedian in Michigan. So uh, you were in Michigan when you started? Yeah. I was doing. I was still doing improv, and. Uh, my friend Martin said, you should do stand-up. And I was like, nah, it's not my jam. I don't care about stand-up. I like improv. And he's like, dude, improv is like smoking pot. Stand-up is like heroin. <laughs> and I was like... I can, I can see that. I'm like, I'm in. And then I took a class and uh, learned how to write jokes. I mean, you, I mean, to be funny, you have to be funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, you're just funny if you're funny. But like, there's definitely a formula yeah. To figure out how to be funny. Yeah, I don't think you can just be someone that was just 
not ever funny and then take a class and it's like, oh, all of a sudden you're a stand-up. But I also think you can be someone that's naturally funny and then never really learn like joke structure and then waste five years at open mics telling masturbation jokes or something. Yes. I think l- being naturally funny and then learning, taking the time to learn to the formula mm-hmm. is probably the best way you can go. It is the best way to go. Uh, yeah, so I started stand-up and uh, I got pretty good pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't. I didn't, I mean, like, it, it wasn't as easy as it is now to be funny with all the access to social media. There was no such mm-hmm. thing. There was no, there was no Facebook. There was none of that stuff. So what did a night look like for you when you were going to do comedy in, in Michigan? Where in Michigan? Michigan, uh, Birmingham, Michigan, the suburb of Detroit. It's like 20 miles north. It's like uh-huh. 16 mile, whereas eight miles, eight, you know, like okay. eight miles north of eight mile. And uh, it was cool because like, you know, we, um, I mean, I did, when I first started, like, I would do comedy seven nights a week. I would find a place, any place at all, I would go, and I was like, boom, boom, and my friend's like, God, you're crazy, you're up every night, and I'm that's like, great. that's how you do it, that's how you do it, blah, blah, And when I was in the band, we were playing six nights a week, like, I wanted, mm-hmm. you get better at repetition as the mother of perfection, so mm-hmm. it's like, I just kept doing it and doing it, and that's where I learned how to do it, and then I came out here, and it's just such a, um, a ni- the initial... The initial adjustment. How, when did you come out here? How long ago? I want to say 2003 or 2004. Oh, not super. Not that long ago. No, not that long ago. But I was drunk my first two years because I couldn't figure this place out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had I had TV credits and I still had trouble getting up on shows. And What were your first TV credits? Uh, my fr- I, did, I had uh, Premium Blend, which was Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And then I did The World Stands Up, which was Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And um, it was cool because, like, initially Comedy Central loved me, and mm-hmm. then they got bored. Yeah. They loved me, and they they wanted me on all their stuff, and then they were just like, okay. you know, really? Yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like <laughs> dating that really hot person who adores you for five seconds, and you realize they were drunk. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's and awesome, um, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty much. And so then I did Kimmel, and uh, I wasn't ready to do Kimmel because I – well. I, I made a terrible mistake when I did Kimmel. Um, I didn't have a bad set. It's mm-hmm. nowhere to be found, thank God. Mm-hmm. It was just, I didn't, they wanted me to do the exact same set that I did on Premium Blend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that because I already did it. Mm-hmm. And I had other stuff I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't think it's going to go over. And Kimmel was brand new. Mm-hmm. He'd been on for like two months. He was finding his way and his figuring yeah. his stuff out. And... uh I remember he was dating Sarah Silverman at the time and Kathy Griffin was the other guest and she was super unfriendly. Really? Yeah. I was like, hey, I'm such a fan and I'm a comic and she's like, cool, you're in my light. I'm like, awesome. Oh, God. Thanks, buddy. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my baptism into... So so then why was the set not... Or you said the set was good, but you decided to go off No, no. I, w- I wish... When I did... Uh, I wish I would have done what I wanted to do. Got it. Verse what they told me I had to. I think that goes a lot with, I mean, I think sometimes it's good to like listen to other people's advice, but I find that every time I feel like uncomfy about what someone's telling me to do, I'm like, but I don't think that's what I should do. And you shouldn't. Yeah. Cause when I, when I did the tonight show, I was like, they, I sent them a set that they had approved six months earlier mm-hmm. and I wasn't feeling that jokes, those jokes anymore. I had a whole new set mm-hmm. and I was like, well, Leno's going off the air. What are they going to do? Not have me on again? Yeah. He's off in like two months. And they're not, not going to cut you out of the <clears throat> episode. So 
I just told, I said, I, I was doing the cue cards and I had them cue all my jokes in front mm-hmm. of me and I just gave them different words and the guy who booked me goes, none of those words sound like any of the jokes that you did. I go, no, 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 they're trigger words. That's all they are. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. So you just said all you need is trigger words, not like an actual... Not the joke. I just need trigger words. And, um, that's, that's smart. But that's like, that's the whole thing on, on my set. Like, mm-hmm. this is my most recent packaging of jokes. And of all my jokes, they're all trigger words. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I see that. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Yeah. So it's like that's, so it was like a set list looked just like this column. Uh-huh. So when it came on, I did, I totally went rogue and I did everything I wanted. And I mean, I got 14 applause breaks. It wow. killed afterwards. The guy came up to me and he goes, so I want to be pissed. He goes, but you crushed. And he goes, good job. He's like, it was a great job. He's wow, like, if we were on cool. longer, I'd have you back on. That's a cool story. Yeah, and I was like, thanks, dude. Because you didn't, and you probably didn't like cross the boundaries of like not being clean or whatever they wanted. Oh, no, no, no. And, and they, yeah. were, they, they told me, like, I remember them coming in and they go, we're cool now. We're the new hip tonight show. Like, if yeah. you want to say fuck, you can. We'll just beep it. And I'm like, I'm not saying fuck on the tonight show. There yeah. is no There's way. There's no reason for that. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, even if like they're like, go, but you know, like Leno is so funny. God, that guy says fuck. Mm-hmm. Like he comes into your dressing room and talks to you for a second or two before. Mm-hmm. He says fuck like 900 times. Yeah. He's like a sailor. Yeah. But he's hilarious. Obviously, yeah. He's so funny. And um, so, yeah, I just like when I moved out here and I just started doing it and I just uh, I heard this joke. Meryl Davis told this joke and I went to go see her. She lives in New York now. She's a comic. And I remember her saying, she was up on stage, it was, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time I saw a set here. She goes, so, uh, today was a pretty good day. I uh, woke up, <sighs> left my house at like two, uh, went to the post office, I mailed a letter. It was a pretty good day. And everyone in the whole bar was dying laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> And then, like, two years later, I'm like, okay, yeah, I totally get that joke. What a great joke. Mm -hmm. Because it's so much slower out here. Yeah. Where are you from again? Oregon. Okay. So, well, West Coast is, well, that's Northwest, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Northwest pace is, but, like, East Coast is, like, Midwest. It's, like, go, 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 go. Yeah, Oregon's somewhat similar to California. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, cool, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like full on type A, like crazy person. Like I got to be up at seven. Oh, you mean like being laid back? Like, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the way she said the joke. No, no, oh. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I just meant like the style of living out here and the pace out here is, well, it's just slower. I don't feel that way about LA. Oh my God, I do. I mean, as far as the way I feel like all I, I don't, I, my brain doesn't stop thinking. I barely sleep. All I do is work. <laughs> well, you're, you're super lucky. You're working right now. Yeah. That's great. But like when... Like, I made the decision when I came out here. I was like, I'm only going to do stand-up or uh-huh. writing. Yeah. I'm not going to work at Starbucks. I'm not going to take yeah. a waiter, waitressing job. Well, I'm not, not going to Uber. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that you do that. I know. You're killing it. You've got a Larry Miller painting on your wall. Quote. It's I, I, I heard the quote on, on Barry Katz's podcast, and I liked it. So I had someone paint it. It's a great quote. Barry Katz. Um, keep swinging with both hands and keep smiling and keep saying... How do you like that? I'm in the show business and I'm never leaving. He's great. He's great. Larry, he's he's Larry, adorable. He's wonderful. He's a very funny man. Yeah. You listen to Barry's podcast? Uh, I used to a lot. It's a great podcast. I just, now that I do my own, I'm like, oh, it's hard to listen to 
other people. I, I don't even listen to my own. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to mine, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's called The Big Lie. Great Big Lie. Great Big Lie, my bad. Yeah, your, your episode is the most popular. Thank you. Is it really? I say that to everyone who's been on it. Uh, whatever, I'm sure it is. Though. I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's like I love it out here, but it's just like sort of pace goes like, okay, okay, here's an example. This is a great example of how it goes slow. So three, four months ago, mm-hmm. I am over at my buddy Adam's house and myself, Daniel, and Adam create a television show concept for mm-hmm. a show called uh, Discovery. No, it's, it, it was like something Mars, a mm-hmm. Mars survivor show. Okay. It was basically Survivor colon Mars. Okay. We pitched the show on Tuesday to uh-huh. Paramount. Okay. Paramount loves it. They uh-huh. buy it in the room. Whoa. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I, I've got a sh- I sold a show when they really only get a production deal. Yeah. And that means that they've got an agreement that if the show sells, whatever. Mm-hmm. We actually sold the show to a network. It was the first time. In the room. You signed a contract. We didn't sign a contract, but like, we love this. We'll send paperwork over. Jesus. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was cool. And uh, so it's like, that was the first show I've ever sold, and I was so excited, and I was mm-hmm. so pumped. How long ago was this? About three, four months ago. Uh-huh. I was ecstatic. I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And so then they give us $20,000 to make a deck. Uh-huh. Like, not even a pilot, because they're going to approve it straight to series. You get twenty grand just to make a deck? They were gonna, it was twenty grand to make a oh, deck. You know how many times I've made those for free? Yeah, exactly. Huh, I'm actually working on one now. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're not easy, but yeah. this deck was like 90 pages long. Oh, okay. It was insane. It didn't cost 20 grand, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But it was so big that we had to hire a larger production company called ITV. Mm-hmm. So ITV comes in, they're like, we'll take your 20 grand and we'll make you a great deck and we're going to be executive producers on it. So it's like, okay, cool. So our 20 grand goes to making this amazing what? deck with the assumption that we're going to get the show picked up. Yeah. So we're going back and forth and we're giving notes and Paramount's like, we love this. This is the greatest. Paramount is the is the uh, company that purchased... Spike. Uh-huh. So Paramount has its own channel or they're going to have their own channel in January or whatever. So they're like, we love it, we love it, we love it. We're like, we need it by Friday. So mm-hmm. we get them this 90-page color boom. I mean, I'll send you over the deck just, just as an example. Yeah. It smokes. Yeah. And so, sorry, am I hurting it? There you go. It's just because it's like making a noise down here. Hold sorry. It up here. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Um, and so we get to them by Friday. And they're like, we have to have it on Friday. We're gonna look. We're gonna we're gonna have a meeting on Friday. We need it by Friday. We get to do it by Friday. We don't hear anything for three weeks, and then three weeks they go, yeah, we're gonna pass. So that was it. It was gone. It was just like, we love it. But it's and you didn't even get to keep the twenty grand. Nothing. But I can Ugh. I can technically say I've sold a show. All right, well that's cool. You got that, but um, well whatever. But that's how it goes. Twenty grand split between three people would go pretty quickly, anyways. Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're gonna buy shoes. <laughs> I know you're just saying that to be an <laughs> asshole. I'm just trying to make you feel better. I'm like, after taxes, then cut that down. Oh, yeah. Well, t- 20 becomes 12. Yeah. And then split by three. Yeah. Fuck oh. it. At least, you, at least you gave it your best go if they were going to pick it up. I get it. 100%. Yeah. So I mean, that's all you but, have. But, I, but it's like I learned so much yeah. from that experience. Yeah. Who? Uh, what is like your, your greatest career high and your greatest career low? Oh, my gosh. Uh, my greatest career low... Um, I, I think my greatest career low would be, I don't know if I, I mean, I think it sounds, it sounds cliche, but I mean, I think that, oh, I think, oh, you know what? I know I lived in my car out here for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. 
that sucked. Yeah, I bet. Why? Just you were in between apartments and no, I just, I just again, I mean, like I focused. I folk. I said I was. I I made a deal with myself. I'm only going to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to work and do anything else. So my career. And do you think that that paid off? Has it? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, now I work and it's great. And, yeah. And it's it's you know I, I've established myself in a way where like. You know, it's like, and I've made relationships with people, whereas I can work more and like, I get to go on the road myself and like, mm-hmm. and it's cool. And plus I've gotten better at my craft mm-hmm. of being a stand up and I continue to learn and get better. Mm-hmm. No one who's listening to this thinks I'm funny, which is cool because I'm not being funny right now. Yeah, and you're just telling your story. I'm just telling my story. No, that's good though. Yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? I don't remember. Oh, that was your career low. Oh yeah. So my career low was definitely living in my car and like, I remember... I was staying at like I, God bless Eliza Schlesinger and Chris Porter and John Campanelli because mm-hmm. I stayed between their places on the floor or wherever and they were fantastic and uh, I remember this one time when I was at Chris Porter's house and I had I was I, I, go, I go for a walk every day like mm-hmm. I love my old man walk it's my favorite I've thing I started to do. doing old woman walks the, I've been walking five miles every morning it's great way to clear your I would, head I would love to walk with you sometime let's go I'm, I, it's the best I thing I walk in uh, I should probably stop telling people where I walk I'll tell you afterwards okay <laughs> but yeah I, I do I crush it I go for like an hour or two yeah it's so fun it's so fun and um, my favorite place to go is I'll start at Laugh Factory mm-hmm. walk all the way down to Boa nice and then come all the way back it's so fun yeah um so I remember walking from Chris Porter's house and I was just like, fuck, I have no money. I have zero money and it's it's Friday. I have mm-hmm. nothing to do. No money, like zero dollars. Chris has like a pizza in his freezer and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I can make that work, whatever. And I remember walking by this cash store mm-hmm. and there was $36 on the ground and I, oh was, my God. and I was the happiest person ever. And I just looked around and nobody was there. No one was on the street and I just grabbed it and I was like, I get to eat this weekend. Holy shit. And then I realized I suck. I'm like the guy who. No, that's a good story. Well, it was just, it was definitely a low. And I remember around that period of time, the way I made money was I would go on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I would say, hey guys, I have a bunch of unreleased music and comedy stuff. If you want to PayPal me money, I'll send it to you. Would people do it? Yeah. And it was just so, it was just like pride swallowing because it just it it was exactly it was as horrible as it sounded you were like a webcam model i was yeah (laughs) it was so bad and uh people do what they gotta do to make money so i'd say that was that was a career low um career high if not the tonight show uh a pretty good career high yeah that was pretty good um that was pretty good career high i think i mean I'm pretty excited that I've got my fifth record coming out. I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's because I think, but like between when I was in the band and now, I've created eleven original records. Wow! And do you ever perform the like your actual songs when you go on the road? Not really. No. I mean, I just you know I just do because it's like comedy. So where, is where do short, you record this stuff? This one was. This is my first live record. I recorded this live in Michigan, August nineteenth, the ten o'clock show. Cool. And it was, the audience was out of control. It was the I best. I can't wait to hear it. It's and you so already fun. released it? No, it's coming out. It's coming out. And I think I'm going to do The Tonight Show again to cool. support it. That's awesome. I'll be doing some late night show. That's my first choice. Very cool. I, but I'm going to say that I'm doing it so the universe will grab they that will by the balls. Give it to you. 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to be the. I've always wanted to be a comic who's done the Tonight Show in New York and in L.A. with yeah. two different hosts. Like that would be baller. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that I think those that, are very good career. Yeah, highs. those I think that my career highs probably. So, you haven't had a girlfriend in many years, and now you finally because it's very hard to date. It is the worst out here ever. Before I ask you how you did it, I want to quickly talk about an awesome company that helps simplify everything for those of you who have figured out a way to make somebody love you. It's Zola.com. Zola is reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in couples' lives even happier. If you've ever planned a wedding or attended a wedding, you know how stressful it is for both parties. And Zola's just making it so much easier. Like, all my friends are just starting to get married, and I don't know what to get them. I don't know. I've never done this before. I don't know the process. And now I'm just using Zola religiously because it's making it so much easier to find the perfect gift for your friends. Um, They even let the bride and groom personalize their registry with photos and notes about why they're coveting certain gifts. They have over 500 top brands, 50,000 gifts and experiences and cash funds. They also have this friendly customer service team that will go above and beyond helping pick out the perfect blender, walking your grandmother through the couple's registry, and more. And they also have group gifting, a feature that lets multiple guests contribute to big ticket gifts. It's sort of a no-brainer. It just makes everything so much easier. And they have free shipping. And I have an offer for my listeners. To receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash be here. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash be here for a $50 credit. Do it, guys. Do you know what else is making my life easier and, well, more fashionable? It's Rent the Runway's Unlimited Membership. You know, I'm sure you've had work presentations where you want a great outfit to wear, but you might not ever really wear it again, or you're attending a friend's wedding and you want a banging dress, or you have an event to go to, and you get a photo taken it, and you, you know, maybe not, won't wear the outfit again because you already got the photo in it, and you don't want to spend $500 on something you're only going to wear a few times. Rent the Runway has solved these problems for us. It's the only place where you can rent styles from over 450 top designer brands such as Vince, Theory, Tory Burch, Derek Lamb, Opening Ceremony, Marnie, DVF, and more. They basically, you have a consistently rotating dream closet full of designer styles that you can keep as long as you want and swap anytime. Renting is not only cheaper than buying, it's faster and easier too with free shipping and dry cleaning on every piece. You go to renttherunway.com or download the app to choose from tops, dresses, handbags, and many more for any occasion. They truly have a huge variety. And if you fall in love with a style, you can buy it at an exclusive discount and keep it forever. 70% of unlimited members actually report spending less money on clothes after joining. So join the 6 million members who make Rent the Runway the largest clothing rental company in the world. And I have an offer for my listeners. Go to renttherunway.com or download the app to get 25% off your first month's unlimited membership with promo code BEHERE at checkout. That's renttherunway.com to get 25% off your first month's membership with promo code BEHERE. Renttherunway.com, promo code B here. It's terrible. How did you do it? Um, well, I uh, I met her. I was at a I was at uh, Mario Lopez's uh, Halloween party oh, last year, working at big time. I wasn't I was working it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't invited. I was the help. Okay. I was doing stand up, <laughs> and it's like if you want to talk about horrible places, he wanted to, to have stand up. He wanted to have comics. Party? He wanted to have jugglers, dancers, everything. Oh, so no one's paying attention to the fucking comic. No one oh, is. I, I actually didn't end up going up because I was like, this is retarded. Horrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, I um, I was, uh, where was I? I was um, I was out in this room and I, she was dressed up in this like police or sexy police costume mm-hmm. or whatever. And she's like, you look really familiar. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I we couldn't figure out where. So I was like, 
oh, well, I'm on TV every once in a while. That's probably it. And she was like, gross, and walked away. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. <laughs> and then I felt like a dick. So I kind of like waited for my, or, like I chased after her. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, no, I didn't mean like that. And she's like, and we realized that I was friends with her ex-boyfriend. Oh, and okay. then I was like, okay, I'm marked. There's no way she's ever going to date me now because yeah. I, she dated my friend. But I wasn't really good friends with this guy anyway. I was like, all right, whatever. So later in that evening, um, later in that evening, this it was a weird, weird, weird party. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted, they had cameras all through the house and they were filming everything for some web company. It mm-hmm. was just, it was just weird. Yeah. And uh, they wanted different people to go in this room and change. And she at this time was... What? N- what do you mean change? Like they wanted to change and put different costumes on. Oh, okay. And they were going to film them changing? Well, not film them changing, but like they were going to... Like it was crazy. Okay. So I was in there with Courtney Sherman mm-hmm. and Courtney was also working it. And Krista was in there and she was not sober. Mm-hmm. And I was like... So I went in there with her when she was changing because I, I wanted to make sure she was protected because I didn't know who these three or four other people were mm-hmm. bringing her in there to film her. And she started like getting undressed and she was super naked, like just naked. Crystal or Courtney? Crystal. Oh, okay. And I was like, uh, and these, and I was like, guys, put the fucking camera down. What are you doing? And uh, they're like, oh, sorry. And they put it down. And she put the costume on and she could like, she was, she was near the end of her rope. Jesus. Like, she was just, she was pretty drunk. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. And um, so I was like, you know what, this guys, this isn't a good idea. You know, this is, let's, 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 let's like shut this down. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, cool. So I got her back dressed. I got her back with the people that she was with. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was so thankful. She was like, she kind of got back coherent. And she yeah. was like, oh my God, thank you. I didn't want to do that. I just didn't know what to do. And thank you so much. And Jesus. so I got her phone number. <laughs> and uh, I proceeded to text her. I didn't like get her number because she was naked. Yeah. But um, I, I, I mean, it, it didn't hurt. Like mm-hmm. it was cool. Like, I mean, I didn't mind it. So I, uh, got her number and i started texting her mm-hmm. and she's the worst texter ever like she couldn't be more terrible what do you mean like she's she like respond or? like hey she'll like you know she's like one of those people who like goes missing in action halfway through the conversation mm-hmm. like how's it going good what are you up to not later nothing how about you <laughs> gone yeah you know so cool um so then i was like texting her and one day she was just really into the text messaging and she was responding and then she's like oh i figured out where i know you you you're friends with my friend lenny or you you dated or you're friends with this guy I dated Lenny. I was like, oh, I'm cooked. And mm-hmm. then she's like, yeah. She's like, I don't usually date guys who I know dated their friends. I'm like, I'm not even friends with this guy. So anyways, long story stupid. I pursued her periodically. Like I would call her, if not weekly, month, like pretty much every other week, text call, text call. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to go out with her. And I pursued and I pursued. And then I would, she came to my birthday party in March. Um, we fooled around mm-hmm. on my birthday and she goes, all right, now are you going to stop texting me now? Is this what you wanted? Cause we fooled around. She's like, she's like, I just, Ooh. I want to be single. And she's like, I don't, she's like, I want to be single. I don't whatever. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm probably going to still call you. She's like, all right, well, if you're going to call me, I'm never going to respond cause I'm just busy. And she was like straight up said, I'm not interested. Jeez. She straight up was like, I'm just not interested. And I go, okay, that's cool. And I was like, damn, that sucks. Whatever. Yeah. So. I waited a couple of weeks and then it, it kept texting her and just texting her. And I just wouldn't go away. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess by today's definition of mm-hmm. stalking, mm-hmm. Di- today's definition for actual stalking. Yeah. I guess I was, or, or maybe I was just irritating, 
Yeah. But I would just continue to text her. I'm like, hey, what are you up to? And sometimes she would respond and sometimes she wouldn't. Yeah. And then <clears throat> we went out one or two more times. No spark. I mean, I mean, she wouldn't go out with me after that. It wasn't consistent. It was just like one day here. No spark. Like no spark for both people or? No, no. I mean, spark for me. But then I, after the third time, I was getting close to being like, God, seven months is a long time. I really need to just kind of yeah. put a cork in this and let it go. I got back from the road. I was gone for like 13 days and I was on Facebook and she had just literally posted, I'm furniture shopping alone. She's like, I hate this. I don't have any girlfriends here. She's like, I wish someone, I had someone to ask stuff. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. I got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So I texted her and this was like four months ago. I texted her. I'm like, and I don't even say where, what are you doing? How are you? I said, what, I said, what furniture store are you at? And I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be something yeah. close, but it was, she was like, in, she was in like Glendale or somewhere far. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I go, all right, I'll be right there. And I would like literally drove out there. That is so cute. I drove out there. She didn't say anything. I got there and I've spent every single day with her since then. Like, well, you showed her. That's what girls want. They want someone that's like there like that. That's so nice. Yeah. You know I'm, how many douchebags like I will like be talking to and they happen to live in Santa Monica or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it'll be like a first thing. I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm willing to meet halfway. And they're like. No, just like come to Venice or Santa Monica. We'll meet here. Like it's super fun over here. I'm like, I'm not fucking driving. Like, be a man. Yeah, it's absolutely. Be a man for sure. Yeah, yeah. That and is then, so sweet. Yeah, it's cool. And then I've I've asked her. I'm like, so why were you such a dick? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I was testing you. She's like, I just wanted to see if it was going to be worth my while. And she's like, I gave. She's like, I, I was in a horrible. I've, I've been in horrible relationships. Mm-hmm. She's like, I just said, I'm not going to settle. She's like, I'm going to need to see someone who's going to prove to me. Mm-hmm. that they're great and they're consistent and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And she's like, you wore me down. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I think that's actually kind of a good compliment. I think that's very sweet. Yeah, I have, I have no complaint. She's a great lady. She, um, she, She's in the biz, so she does yeah. actoring. Yeah, and she's good. the, um, she's, you know, are you familiar with video games at all? Yeah, I know like sort of what the big ones are. Do you know are. the game Tomb Raider? Yeah. She's the body for Tomb Raider. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah, she's, I mean, so she worked, or she works. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. And you, because she's the body for Tomb Raider. Yeah, every time we're in a fight, I'm like, but you're Lara Croft. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, I'll be fine here. Eh. Yeah. Dude, just slap me across the face. We're still good. Can you hit me with your whip again? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So are you doing the road a lot? I feel like I just saw that you were on the road with Russell Peters. Yeah, I'm going out with Russell. Or you you have like a big thing, right? No, no, I was just, I was just, um, I don't have any idea if I'm going to go on that, mm-hmm. the big thing, because he normally doesn't bring people, repeat people mm-hmm. that he's brought to places. Oh, okay. And I've gone most of those places with him. Um, I'm, he's doing Ireland and Australia. Cool. And there's a couple places I really would really love to go, mm-hmm. but Russell has so many people bugging him to take him out. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean... He's like family to me. Like we, I like hang out at his place at holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always say to him, I'm available if you need anything. Yeah. If you need me, call me. That's great. And in turn, like I'll take notes on a set and mm-hmm. I'll make suggestions that he rarely uses, mm-hmm. but I'll <laughs> take, I'll take notes. Yeah. Um, and I'll just tell him and I'll give him callbacks and like when he's writing his stuff and it's fun. I mean, where are you guys going over the next two weeks? He's still practicing. Like how, like, talk about like comedian envy like mm-hmm. he plays a rooms like top clubs mm-hmm. because he plays a rooms to practice for arenas and stadiums it's crazy 
it's out of control. I'm just excited to be in those rooms. If I, I know. Yeah, I'm like, I'm here. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I'm on a show with Pete Holmes. Shut up. Yeah. 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 Not tr- I'm not trying out my new material. I'm like, I'm doing the best things I've ever had. Yeah, it's insane, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and he's up there improvising in front of like 600 people, just Jesus. having fun. He and doesn't perform around here a lot, I feel like. He's mostly just like a road. No, I feel like I've never really seen He's too busy making money. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, Jesus. He's, he's got a Netflix, uh, Netflix show coming out called... Indian detective that I saw. It's really great. I hope it, yeah. I hope it takes off for him. What is your ultimate goal? Um, with comedy? Entertainment, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to be a comedian for life. Yeah. It makes me very happy. I like to do it. I like writing jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to win a couple Emmys. I would like to get on a show. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I submitted for The Tonight Show to write for that. I would mm-hmm. love to. I would move to New York for that in a second. Yeah. Um. I would, uh, I just want to keep, I just want to keep working and, you know, make enough money to live and eat what I want. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good goal. Eating yeah. in restaurants is probably my favorite thing to do. So good. Oh, it's my favorite. So good. Well, Chris, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, this is great. Did it go by? Fa- oh my God. That was so quick. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, social media, you can find me, uh, pretty much everything is at the Chris army. And uh, my website is thechrisarmy.com, as well as the podcast, greatbiglivepodcast.com, and that'll connect you to iTunes and everything else. All right. Uh, guys, you can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N-O-B-R-I-E-N. And email me if you want to chat about anything, info at rachelbryancomedy.com. Rachel and I dated. Yep. Yeah. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> It's hilarious. We never did, but I think that's so funny that you just blurted that out. I just wanted to spit all over your credits. (laughs) Rachel and I dated. All right, guys. Bye. (laughs)